spent the last four months in Des Moines working on a case. I gotta say, Des Moines, surprisingly robust gay scene. Most of them work at Applebee's. Welcome back to Rock Hard Caucus, everybody. This is Iowa's favorite podcast, um, and it may not be after this. I want to apologize in advance for what we are about to uh, expose you to, present to you. Uh, we're going to be revisiting Steve King, unfortunately, the uh, racist uh, former representative of Iowa's 4th District. Is it still the 4th, or did they renumber that one, too? They renumbered it to the fourth and it's still that yeah it's the fourth still. Where, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah currently represented by randy feenstra right right and if you did not recognize that voice that just spoke gavin aronson is back he's uh he's one of the foremost experts on steve king's history <laughs> and legislative career <laughs> how do you yeah. feel about being a steve king expert um i don't know it's all right i guess <laughs> yeah uh, well, the reason we're talking about Steve King again, uh, it's it's too bad that he's still relevant at all. Uh, he's not nearly as relevant as he once was. But uh, I came across this tweet from uh, an account called Eyes on the Right, who was uh, bringing to everyone's attention that Steve King recently appeared on a radio show called The Political Cesspool. And actually, if I'm being honest, I saw this on Blue Sky first. That's right. I'm on <laughs> Blue Sky I'm one of the social media elite now. They still won't let me in. I tried to <laughs> sign up and I haven't gotten my invite yet. They haven't given me a single invite code since I joined. It's really a gated community. They're trying to keep people out as long as possible. So you're on the lower echelon of the elite, but you are got foot <laughs> in the door. Yeah, the least important person on Blue Sky. But eyes on the right. Uh, I was not familiar with this account before, but I guess they keep tabs on people like Steve King. And I'm sorry that we missed this because apparently uh, Steve has been going on this show a few times over the past year, like while yeah, we were since, covering his book. <laughs> yeah, last November. So this is one of the places he went to uh, on his book tour along with uh, was someone we did cover, V-Dare. The V Dare book club thing, yeah. Yeah, with the pseudonymous white supremacist. So this is mm -hmm. even worse than that, I think, by uh <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much, but it's it's I think it is worse, yeah. The like, name alone, cesspool, that's such a vulgar word. <laughs> Do you know what that means? It's like just like it just means like, you know, shit. It's like sewage. Yeah, it's like a gross puddle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when I first saw this, I, I was like kind of shocked that Steve went on this because this is like the most explicitly white supremacist media I think he's ever done, which for him is saying something. Yeah, I'm trying to think if he's done anything similar. I get V-Dare and that panel with Peter Brimelow back in 2012 would have been probably first in mind. But that thing they mentioned, I guess we'll get into it, but that Jared Taylor thing. I didn't even know he did that like a right, year or two which ago. Was, yeah, recent. Um, yeah. So the political cesspool is a, a radio show based in Tennessee. They're on the Liberty News Radio Network, which is from Grand Theft Auto, isn't it? 
<laughs> is it? <laughs> I think that might be the talk radio station in Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> um, but more notably, uh, and I was not able to figure out if this is still the case, but at least for some of its run, uh, it started in 2004. The political cesspool has been simulcast on Stormfront Radio. Oh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Stormfront, the uh, most racist website. Like That's the, some like straight up neo Nazi. Yeah, white content. supremacist forum, Stormfront, uh, was simulcasting the political cesspool. It's hosted by a guy named James Edwards, who you'll be shocked to hear this. Uh, they have an article about him on the Southern Poverty Law Center website. <laughs> no way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, let's see. They, they quote him like directly on the SPLC site. So this is some things James Edwards has said to sort of explain his uh, beliefs. A lot of their motivation is that they hate Christianity. They hate what we call the WASP establishment, and they're using pornography as a subversive tool against us. Can you guess what group of people he might be referring to there as they? <laughs> I, got, I got an idea. Yeah. Jews are by and large yeah. dominant in the porn industry. Um, okay. It's a strange thing to believe, I guess. <laughs> pornography is a big thing on the like far right, like anti-pornography, which is Yeah, promotes degeneracy or whatever, right, yeah. whatever they think. Uh, and that was from uh, 2007, something he said on his radio show. Um, here's something he said on CNN later in 2007. Uh, whites are in the fight for their lives. America is becoming balkanized. We are being robbed of having a future in the very nation our ancestry carved from the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, you can... It's been true for Steve King forever, and we've talked about this on the Steve King book review stuff. Um, the, just the words he uses, it becomes very evident quickly if you pay attention to him for... doesn't really need to be that long even, but like mm -hmm. balkanization is a, a term he uses, and that is a big... I mean, you know, it's not exclusive to like white nationalists and stuff, but they like to right. use that analogy. Yeah. Yeah. They, he clearly listens to people using this, um, vocabulary, mm -hmm. even though right. he frequently denies that he has any associations with, you know, white nationalists and Nazi groups. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, there was one other one on here I wanted to read. Yeah. Yeah. This is from a little more recent, uh, 2015 on the political cesspool. He said, I am firmly of the belief that race relations were better during Jim Crow and even better in the antebellum South than they are now. So it's yeah, pretty that's, uh, explicit that, you know, race relations were better when uh, we were un indisputably uh, superior in the eyes of the law to any other race. Uh, and then to, to give you a little more background, I also looked up the political cesspool's own website to, yeah, I was going to mention that. You're talking yeah. about this photo. <laughs> yeah, to, to see like how they present themselves rather than how the SPLC sort of, you know, <laughs> picks and chooses, you know, how unfair they are. <laughs> uh, and yeah, they prominently display a photo of James Edwards, the host, uh, sitting next to David Duke. I love the caption on that because it just says James Edwards Wright sits on a panel. It doesn't even mention David right. Duke. He's just like right fucking there. They specify, <laughs> yeah, who's sitting on the right, but uh, who's that next to him? Uh, uh, <laughs> it's it's unnamed. the only picture they had, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he doesn't take photos very often, so he just happened to be next to uh, 
David Duke, <laughs> uh, when the cameras it's were out, you know, too low resolution to crop it. They had to keep the full frame there. So. <laughs> and David Duke has been uh, a guest on the program as well. Yeah, I saw that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I saw somewhere that Willis Cardo also appeared on the political cesspool at some point, who I am familiar with from my reading of Todd Blodgett. Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Not surprising. Yeah, so I, I'm doing some uh, guilt by association here with, with Steve. I think I'm that's being, fair. <laughs> it's, yeah, you know, people sometimes people sometimes travel in circles that they he just stumbled into it. It's not because he agrees with everything they say. He just he's willing to talk to anyone about. It's the still issues. so funny that this and the V Dare thing and a couple other things I think he did. We're a part of a book tour, which is his, the whole concept of his book is how he was falsely accused of racism that forced him out mm-hmm. of Congress. And the only people who will like have him on their <laughs> shows are like fucking like neo Nazis and white nationalists. Yeah, people far less uh, timid about their uh, white supremacist beliefs than he is. Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> oh wow this the Stormfront webmaster was also a guest on the political cesspool. Uh, but Wait, that's it, who's that? That's not Andrew England, is it? That's um, no, no. Um, uh, Jamie Kelso. Who am I thinking of? That's Daily Stormer. I'm thinking of probably he was associated. I think with. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Anyway, I thought it might be worth, uh, just sort of, you know, because we're going to be playing some audio from the political cesspool. I listened to one episode in full. Gavin listened to about two and a half of them. Um. <laughs> yeah. the, it, I don't know if it warrants necessarily like a trigger warning, but like, obviously these are bad guys saying bad things. So, so be, uh, you know, be, beware if that's going to bother you. Um, but also I wanted to say that Steve King is unfortunately still a relevant person in Iowa Republican politics. You know, they may have ousted him from Congress. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is not uh, a fan of his, like, you know, but he still is invited to like county GOP events and stuff. I'm sure that uh, Republican presidential candidates are going to be like angling for his support. Um, It'll be an interesting thing to keep an eye on for sure. Yeah, a, a lot of Iowa Republicans in general, you know, even though they did vote for uh, Randy Feenstra in that primary, they they don't have a problem with Steve King, and they like do think that he was treated unfairly by party leadership. So he does still have some influence. And so I think it's worth knowing, you know, who he's talking to and what he's saying and what these people are saying to him and et cetera. By and large, their chief concern with Steve King was that they didn't want J.D. Shulton to represent them in Congress. And Steve King uh, was shooting himself in the foot. So, yeah. Yeah, he was a little more vulnerable to that than uh, empty suit Randy Feenstra. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, do you know? Uh, do you have any opinion on where should we should start? I mean, I first was collecting clips from that most recent appearance. Yeah, I let's just follow your lead because you got the clips. Okay. okay. Um, I got. I didn't take that many notes, but uh, yeah, we can just go with the clips. Uh, okay. I'll start with where, like, where um, this eyes on the right account started. So Steve was on the show uh, July first, so just last week, and the section that they pulled out is about the civil war and the confederacy and so this is kind of a longer clip but if if you 
feel like we should pause at any point to to discuss. Uh, just let me know. Oh, really? Did you clip? Did you clip the that one I pointed out with uh, how they got really chummy and the the one before that, the appearance before that? I did. Yeah, I can play that real quick before we. Yeah, get play into that it. quick. Yeah. So this is from his um, January of 2023 appearance. Uh, and it's his third appearance um, yeah, in like yeah. three months. So it was November, December, January, and then, yeah, earlier this month. So that you can tell how quickly they become chummy from this, I think. They really <laughs> kind of struck a bond or you know, forged a close bond quickly. Yeah. So he's been on four times since November. So he's becoming good friends with them. Well, that's right. We just had a laugh with uh, Congressman Steve King. He's been 18 years. You know, Steve. Listen, I actually got a letter from the uh, union here at Liberty News Radio that said if we have Steve King on any more often, we got to give him co-host pay. I guess so. <laughs> that means you get nothing. <laughs> I'm not it, for sale, you guys. Put me on the record. <laughs> Damn good thing because we don't have any money to pay. <laughs> <laughs> One of the reasons we get along, I think. All right, so they get along. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that other guy? I forget. Like that 70-year-old guy or whatever. That's not James, I, is it? Is no, that... I believe that was the guy named Keith. Keith, okay. Yeah, I think okay. his name is Keith. Keith Alexander is the name that's listed here I, I didn't on look website. him up, but he's uh, the old Southern racist. He makes it pretty apparent with <laughs> some of the things he says. Yeah, as are they all, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah. he's definitely... And he's got that like sort of stereotypical voice too that goes along well oh, yeah, with the things he's saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think some of these guys are less like out and proud than James Edwards. Like they don't have actual photos of themselves on the uh, radio show's website, so they maybe are trying to keep it a little more <laughs> undercover. Yeah, like that Vidar guy. There's a way he a reason he has like three different pseudonyms. <laughs> I would imagine. Yeah. yeah. All right, so the, yeah, the Civil War clip is what they uh, were bringing to light at uh, Eyes on the Right. And actually, their blog is called Angry White Men. So that, that's sort of their focus. Um, so this is sort of, uh, you know, Iowan Steve King discussing uh, the Confederacy and the Confederate flag with some some guys down in Tennessee. And they have actually a lot of things in common in terms of uh, how they feel about that. I want to tell you, your listeners, you, you have lots of Dixie listeners down there, and, and I'm a Yankee, and I want to tell you how I think about this. And I think you're, you're a Midwesterner, sir. Yeah, you're sir. not a Yankee now. You're not from New Pardon England. Me? You're a Midwesterner. <laughs> I'm a Midwesterner, please. that's true. Um, and uh, my great-great-grandfather, five times great, actually, was killed in the Civil War. My great-uncle, um, uh, his Bible that he carried in his shirt pocket for three years during the Civil War is uh, in my possession now. And, uh, but here's how I look at this. Before we continue, how do you feel about that distinction between Yankee and Midwesterner? Well, he's just saying he's like a Northerner, right? Yeah. I don't know that the, um, <laughs> I think it, it says little, uh, what they're trying to say. Now you're really not that like anti-racist or something. Exactly. They're yeah. trying to get out with that. But. <laughs> like I would not be, I would not have a problem with that label of a Yankee as opposed to it like if someone from the south called me a yankee i'd be like yeah i don't you know that's fine sure yeah <laughs> i'm not yes, like one man. of one of those yankees you know the ones who don't think slavery is good uh, no i am <laughs> that i <laughs> right yeah <laughs> that label's okay with me um, my family were abolitionists and just like i am pro-life today these are just <laughs> okay i gotta pause again <laughs> 
He loves to combine those two concepts. Yeah. On Juneteenth, when he was in the hot sun hoeing, thinking about uh, <laughs> slavery and uh, getting boarded or whatever. Yeah, he, the the ideas of uh, abolishing slavery and outlawing abortion seem to be the same moral question to him. He likes yeah, to he conflate does those frequently. Yes, yeah. came up many times in his book and. He talks about it a lot. Fundamental principle of of the sacredness of human life and individual freedom. And so they went off to war, and my great uncle came back. My great grandfather didn't come back. Um, but uh, in any case, here's here's what I know. Um, this I, I went to Dixie Republic when the, the commercial came on, and I'm looking at the the uh, Confederate battle flag right now. I'll play that commercial in a second. I had one flying, uh, flying on my I remember. desk when I was in Congress. Famously, I remember. <laughs> and, and it's out of respect for this, Southern pride. Um, the, the war was more about states' rights and Southern pride than it was about slavery. And in all of my time in serving with good, rock-solid, wonderful conservatives from south of the Mason-Dixon line, I never heard any one of them breathe anything that could be interpreted to mean that they believe that slavery was would be the component of what today's society ought to be. There's an abhorrence. <laughs> so all the rock-hard Republicans that he worked with in Congress in the 21st century, none of them ever said out loud that they want to bring slavery back. Yeah, and that's evidence enough that they're not <laughs> racist, I guess. That's relevant. Yeah, yeah context apparently. yeah yeah i was congressman steve king had a confederate flag on his desk because none of his southern colleagues said that they like slavery anymore so he felt comfortable supporting their flag their old slavery flag but they don't like slavery anymore so it's okay <laughs> yeah it's like typical steve king rationale it makes sense in his own head and he <laughs> just assumes if he says it out loud that other people will get it he, of course, receives no pushback from the political cesspool. Oh, not these guys. guys. No. <laughs> that exists all across the South, as far as I know. I'm sure there's exceptions to it. So, but it was mm. this, that when, um, when, when Grant and Lee met at Appomattox, and um, Lee made a negotiated effort so that his boys could keep their horses because they needed to go home and farm, Grant said, okay, they can keep their horses. And Lee said, and I want them to keep their arms. And Grant said, tell them to stack their arms, but the officers can keep their sidearms. And and then once that was signed, there was a regiment, a, a northern regiment that fired off a volley in celebration. And Grant said, shut that down. That's no way to celebrate here. From this day forward, these rebels are our countrymen. And to this day, the greatest contribution on a per capita basis going off into our infantry to put their lives on the line for the American Republic at old glory that we celebrate this weekend are, are Southern white men in that. In so the Southern <laughs> what man? <laughs> yeah. Do you, what do you call the valiant celebration? Was he trying to say valiant or something? What was that? Uh, well, he said a volley, like, like shooting a gun. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. He talks okay. pretty fast. You remember he talks so fast, stenographers can never keep up. So <laughs> right, it's, yes. Yeah. I can't blame you for missing a word here or there. <laughs> Slurring his words worse than I do. <laughs> he really goes on and on a lot. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, I think that was well, this is one, one of his, one probably sentence. the only <laughs> only subject he likes more in Civil War history is World War II history. So this kind of stuff really gets him worked up, especially. 
Yeah. I was not totally familiar with all of the details there. I mean, I, I would question like how much of that was accurate, but uh, just the idea of uh, Ulysses S. Grant, like, tone policing his soldiers like hey don't don't <laughs> right, yeah <laughs> or like doing like an end zone celebration <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> calm down guys like the, these guys didn't do nothing wrong they're <laughs> they're our brothers yeah, <laughs> yeah i did not fact check that but i would imagine there's a little revisionism happening there yeah i, I don't know how forgiving grant himself was to to the confederacy though obviously we know reconstruction didn't go nearly far enough in punishing these horrible men right <laughs> i think we'll get back to that uh that topic later yeah i do have one clip uh, that i called reconstruction so we'll get maybe an opposing view <laughs> that in that conflict so all the way around it was about keeping the southern pride keep your horses keep your sidearms keep your southern pride and go ahead and fly the Confederate battle flag or the Army of Northern Virginia's flag. Um, and anything that the, the pride of that. We used to have an Army Navy, or excuse me, a North hey, Army Navy stuck in my Blue mind. Blue-gray game and a North-South game. The <laughs> Union it. victory yeah, was all about allowing the South to keep their Southern pride. Is that what he's saying? I, that's what it sounds like. like that's it, I'm not sure. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that, that was the negotiated uh, surrender was... Uh, you guys keep flying that flag. I know it means a lot to you. <laughs> you guys, I want you to pretend you won for the next 200 years, okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and that was that was in the right spirit. Today, they poisoned this spirit by trying to take that battle flag down wherever they can find a federal neck, a connection to do it. And my own Republican leadership tucked and ran from that debate, and that's why I fly that flag, and I still do today. And I'm going to continue to do that because there's something to be said about 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 the the pride of the South and the dignity that's there. And I, I just I respect it. And I and I know where I would have been on this deal if I'd have been born 150 years earlier. <laughs> I think we can imagine where he probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's like the the poll quote. There is uh, Steve King. <laughs> Actually, that's the headline they use on this blog: "Angry White Men." Um, Steve King, oh, unsure it. of what side he would have fought for during Civil War. <laughs> okay. This is like, I mean, imagine if Chirp Gabriel had this recording, you know, a couple <laughs> years ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I think you and I probably have a, a good idea of where Steve, it, like if he, you know, he would have been in Iowa, but there yeah. were a few, I think, regiments who did fight for the Confederacy who were from Iowa, right? Yeah, and I would imagine, yeah, if he wanted to defect from the north, or he would be welcomed with open arms on the opposing <laughs> side as a angry white man himself. Yeah, um, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So he mentioned um, uh, an ad that he heard on the show prior to that clip. So uh, Dixie let's, Republic. Let's play that Dixie Republic. This ad plays in the show. It's in at least two of the episodes that Steve has appeared on. So this is like a regular advertiser with them. Get it. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti-white, anti-Christ, anti-Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. 
At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com, where you can meet all of your Southern needs. While you're waiting... We probably don't need to hear the rest of that. Uh, what are the Southern needs that need to be met by this this type of store? <laughs> that is a good question. <laughs> I like that banjo twang, that Yeah, of course they've got the the Dixie, the uh, con- I think that was a Confederate anthem, right? Yeah, probably. I don't know. Yeah, Dixie. Uh, regrettably, a pretty solid melody, like the uh, <laughs> Dukes of Hazard car horn. It's a nice. It's got. Oh catchy, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Yeah. But you know, it, it, there's a lot of evil behind that melody. That's the power of music. It's just that Southern pride. It's not. <laughs> misunderstood yeah so this place i I mean just imagine the type of establishment that like plays an advertisement on the radio that says uh the the anti-white anti-christ outside world ends at our parking lot like oh god this is how you advertise to people is like (laughs) the pro-white store (laughs) right yeah it's yeah not much uh nuance there they just yeah come out right right out with it uh, one that's one of the things i found most interesting about listening to this or these episodes was the ads mm-hmm. so there's stuff like this and then there's things that if they weren't in this context you wouldn't think you know, maybe it seemed totally innocuous like that honey man thing did you hear that one on the latest oh, I, one i didn't i did not hear honey man or maybe I, some if it was on the latest like, one i must have but i must have skipped it I looked him up and it's just like this old couple from Utah or something that they sell honey from like around the country or something. And yeah, <laughs> their website wasn't racist, but I can imagine <laughs> they probably have uh, some problematic, uh, beliefs. Yeah, uh, yeah. Careful where you source your honey. You don't know what's in their hearts, Gavin. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. Yeah. I did think that this ad was an interesting contrast, though. Omaha Steaks is rewriting the book on burgers with an all-new handmade texture for the juiciest home-style burgers you've ever tasted. Shit, someone's going to get fired for that. If they... Do they, do they know that they're on this show? <laughs> That's a pretty mainstream thing, yeah. It's yeah like... Omaha Steaks is on the, the White Power Radio Hour. <laughs> yeah, it seems like, yeah, like a advertising person is going to lose their job over that once they find out that... <laughs> Yeah, we need the to... we need the the campaign that got all those advertisers to leave uh, Tucker Carlson to take a look at that yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you, you know, we need like a palate cleanser. So I might go back to this a few times, but um, when uh, Gavin and I, and sometimes Natalie, when we did our series covering Walking Through the Fire, Steve King's book, um, we were fortunate enough to have the audio book thanks to Gavin, and there were a lot of clips from that that were kind of fun. You know, less less about being racist or anti-abortion and more like this. This is nuts. <laughs> so I might <laughs> I might go back and play that a few times when we feel like we need to lighten the mood a little bit. Uh, so, this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite. I still that plays in my mind occasionally. It stuck with me. That's stuck in my head for like a few weeks for sure. After <laughs> after that series we did. Yeah. Uh, okay, I mentioned Reconstruction, uh, you know, post-Civil War. So let's hear what the political cesspool guys think about uh, what happened back then. After the war between the states, there was a healing to a certain extent. I mean, Reconstruction was horrible in the South. It was, it was a, you know, it was a terrible, terrible thing. 
In what way? <laughs> right, why? What was so bad about it, dude? <laughs> um, is uh, the war between the states, is that like a euphemism that these kind of guys use? Yeah, I think that I've heard that before. Yeah, it's not quite as uh, aggressive as like the war of northern aggression, but just calling yeah, it anything but, the, that. anything but the Civil War just seems like you're trying to you're trying to trick me. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine there's a similar uh, intent behind that. Yeah. But he really thinks that Reconstruction was a disaster for the South. Um, and I, I can't... I mean, what what really changed in that period, like, right after the Civil War? You know, like, uh, technically, slavery was no longer legal. But... Uh, in practice, like they, they kind of got away with everything for quite a while. There's that idea, I guess, like the humiliation of losing the war, which goes back to the like Southern pride idea, I guess, which mm-hmm. again, obfuscates uh, the fact that it was a war over like trying to be allowed to continue to own people. Right. Yeah. I mean, as much as they, they deny it quite a bit on this radio show. I mean, it's a pretty common, uh, you know, the lost cause, uh, movement or or whatever they they call that uh that's that's a big thing is like it wasn't really about slavery i'm sure you know everyone listening has has encountered that idea before i think i have even more (laughs) clips about that i do (laughs) yeah we'll keep on with the the civil war theme because obviously for a southern uh racist radio show they're going to talk about the civil war quite a bit I forget what you said. Was this from the latest episode or was this from one of the ones I listened to? Because they talked about the Civil War and one of the ones I was listening to also. Other than that one where they were all laughing and being friends, all of these clips have been from the um, the most recent episode. Yeah. Okay. Because they had a very similar discussion in the last November's episode, including uh, uh, dropping the Dixie Republic <laughs> reference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They... Um, you know, as I said, this show's been going since 2004. I imagine they uh, they come back to this topic, you know, every week. <laughs> it's, it's it's the lost cause, you know? You gotta... That propaganda never stops. Yeah, makes sense. I called this clip um, Secession, so I'm pretty sure it's about the Civil War. You look at Secession, it worked in 1776, it is celebrated. didn't work for our ancestors, Keith, in 1861 to 1865, but I am not so sure that it is not going to be an issue. Steve is saying, I don't think we, we, we may not make it long enough to even try it again. Uh, if uh, well, things there, don't- There'll be a secession of spirit, if not de facto, I mean, not de jure. Mm. I think that people just are not going to follow the dictates of a tyrannical federal government in red state America. If not de jure. These guys are such stereotypes. Of, yeah, I mean, like, I don't want to ridicule people for their accents too much, but this guy, I mean, the stuff he says and the way he says it, it just goes together so well. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good clip, though, because it ties the past to the present, uh, and they're, you know, weighing the, will it be worth it to try seceding again, and why? Do you remember when, <laughs> yeah, do you remember when Steve King was running... Was it 2018 when he had that guy? It was debated who it was, whether it was one of his sons or like a campaign guy uh, whose name I'm not coming to mind. But uh, on Facebook, they kept posting these like really like out there memes. Oh, yeah. And one yeah. of them was like the this cartoon of like two halves of the United States, like boxing or something like that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and JD Shulton made a big deal of that. And this is, you know, 
all this crazy shit Steve King was doing was making national news after, I mean, for quite a while during the campaign. Yeah, the and that was one media point hit that jobs. He, he downplayed it as like this ridiculous, you know, concept. And here he is on like a secessionist radio show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, sympathizing I mean, with he, the South. Uh, yeah, every every opportunity he he says southern pride rocks i love you guys uh i i want you to succeed whatever you choose secession or, or not like <laughs> i think you guys should go for it um yeah i mean he all but advocates for secession like he he talks about it as like a he doesn't say it's good i mean he tries to sort of ride the fence a little bit but he he kind of paints it as like the inevitable result of the cultural divisions in america it was definitely a major theme like the kind of far right today mm-hmm. with like yeah. reminds me of the steve dace people those freaks are always talking about how like we cannot possibly like i can't live in a society with you because you know our views are <laughs> fundamentally opposed and- yeah yeah <laughs> and this is a, a different kind of secession since we're on that topic well, just there are people on each coast that say, especially the the left coast, that say we need to secede from the union, and um, they're not very patriotic. Those folks, uh, they don't believe like we do. They reject our our founding fathers and and the things that America that made America great. And um, but I have people on my side of the ideological divide that say let them go, and I say yeah. yeah what we say is don't go, let the door hit you in the ass when you leave. California. <laughs> yeah, well, we're, now, you know, you all just go. <laughs> Well, we're going to get California into that. Because we need resources. Wait, what was he saying when they are talking over him? Yeah, Keith loves to interject with his uh, very funny jokes. Um, uh, Steve was... I think what he said there was, uh, Cal- we want to keep California for its resources. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Smart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I don't think it would be good for the rest of the country for California to secede, so... There's a no, it definitely would not be. <laughs> there's, there's something I can state. agree with Steve on, I guess. Uh, I've been playing a lot of these out of order. Let me play for you how this episode began, how they introduced Steve King. This is the one from earlier this month. Right. This right. is his fourth appearance on the show. Yeah. Special holiday installment. We're welcoming back uh, our good friend and yours, former Congressman Steve King. And let's say hello to him right now. Steve, how are you? And happy Fourth of July. Uh, thank you. I'm doing very, very well. And I wish that happy Independence Day today to all your listeners. I'm happy to be back, James. And um, we always have a good attitude about our patriotism and our country. And this is the time to really let it out and let it loose. And, you know, as I just look around the countryside, there's flags everywhere there's bunting hanging off of off of the decks and wherever i drive i just came from up uh, near the canadian border down through minnesota and here out yesterday and uh, I, I the heart of the heartland is, is solidly patriotic and i'm sure that's true from sea to shining sea <laughs> what's he doing up near the canadian border good question yeah you trying to escape <laughs> this is so very patriotic <laughs> yeah i thought you loved the heartland what are you doing trying to go up in the brainland? <laughs> i like how he talks about letting loose about independence it's time to let loose yeah it's time to fire your weapons into the air no 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 ulysses s grant told us to settle down with that uh let's shift gears a little bit uh here's something about gender 
Well, this, this is a this is a terrible ideological, philosophical, and 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 a good versus evil religious divide. Um, when you, when you look at teenagers deciding whether they want to be boys that want to be emasculated and have breast implants, or women who want to have their girls girls not women but girls that want to have their breasts removed, and they decide they're going to be a man. Um, I just thought of this as a comparison is that for about ever since we went into Iraq, we started to pay attention to Islam and Islam. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, uh, <laughs> I feel like we shouldn't let that just slide past. Um, so the, the current cultural reaction against transgender, uh, minors, which Steve is participating here. Uh, this has some connection to Iraq and Islam. <laughs> Where is he going with this? His mind just bounces all over the place. It's like something about religion and good versus evil, I guess, right? Right. This is a a good versus evil religious battle, I think he said. Um, A lot of people, I will say, a lot of people were uh, familiar with Islam prior to the invasion of Iraq as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It may have been the first time Steve had heard of Islam, but uh, (laughs) it, it does have. It I mean, surely he was around for 9-11, so like, yeah, he would have yeah, to have been familiar yeah. for at least a couple of years, I would imagine, right. at that point. Some people were ahead of the curve and found out about Islam in 2001. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, it's it's got uh, some historical roots. It's like, you know, almost as old as uh, his own religion, Christianity, but, uh, they, you know, they sort of develop side by side. Uh, <laughs> yes. There's been a lot of uh, interchange between the two. But uh, does yeah, he you keep know. going on about this? Yeah, I've got another thirty seconds on this one. Uh, of course, okay. It has been uh, persistent and relentless in female genital mutilation, and we okay. as a country have come out against that in the strongest way. Is that's a brutality? It's a it's a sickening thing to do to a young, actually about an eight year old girl, often, but but maybe older than that. And I've done some events with um with a person that went through that, and and so if we are abhor- if it's abhorrent to us that a society would conduct female genital mutilation. What are we doing in places like Vanderbilt then in the surgery that's taking place right there where you are? So that's the reference to that woman who we mentioned in walking through the fire, who is like a yeah refugee I, uh, or something who speaks out against, um, she was from Sa- now, Somalia. If I recall, yes, I think so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. I, think so. I, I forgot her name and I forgot to look it up. Uh, I'd imagine that's who he's referring to. Yeah. 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 yeah, It is for sure. Um, yeah. So he's, um, that's really fucked up analogy for (laughs) obvious reasons because there's really nothing similar about those two things. I mean, I, I assume he like genuinely believes what he's saying and isn't just like, uh, cynically trying to conflate these two very different things. Yeah, and I mean, um, I think a lot of, I think it's a fairly probably mainstream, unfortunately, belief. Like, there's a lot of boomers and stuff who don't really seem to understand trans yeah. individuals or just kind of like their basic existence, kind of. Even like people who are fairly progressive I've spoken to seem to, mm-hmm. not to make it a generational thing entirely, but um, yeah, I mean, Certainly, I'm just saying, yeah. I'm sure there are a lot of people who do believe yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, I do not, I do not, to be no, clear. No, but, no, I, I do not. Uh, believe that uh genital mutilation is uh done without uh 
the consent of the the person that it's happening to and um also you know there's a lot more to uh transitioning than simply uh you know surgeries you know yeah, like that surgery that's just, is far more rare of course than what yeah. the right is making it out to be it's yeah yeah usually it, a lot of other things first it's rare for at least two reasons one of which being not everyone wants to undergo a surgery like that that's not the in- entirety of what makes you a man or a woman so if you feel like you need to to change your your body in certain ways like that's there are other ways to do it besides that so not everyone chooses to do it and two mm. Not everyone has the means to get such a surgery, even if they did want it. Right, yeah, they make it sound like it's such an easy thing, where it's like you walk into a clinic and it just happens, like, on a whim. Like, Right, yeah. It's it's not like... Ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think most... I guess I don't know if this is still the case, but, you know, insurance didn't cover that at all for a long time, I think. Oh, it's been a huge, like, struggle for, that, you know, like, to get more coverage for that kind of stuff. I know. Yeah. 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 To get even like accepted, recognized. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've somewhat related. I've been reading the book whipping girl and I've been learning a lot uh, about uh, trans issues. So thanks to my friend Maggie for demanding that I read whipping girl. <laughs> is that a, what is that like a novel or like a memoir or something? Or it, it's, heard of that. it's by, um, I, I believe her name is Julia Serrano, uh, and she's a, a trans okay. woman who writes okay. about her own experiences and sort of tries to um, lay out like the issues and the terminology and everything surrounding the whole phenomenon of like okay. what it is should, to be trans and how you deal with it. You should check that out. Yeah, it's it's been honestly like I'm about halfway through it, and I'm it's sort of solidifying things for me. Like I'm becoming less ignorant. <laughs> yeah i yeah like i i'm sure i don't speak with the most knowledgeable uh, in the most knowledgeable <laughs> way about like specific like terms and things like that so yeah we're good right yeah our hearts are yeah. in the right place but sometimes we're too stupid to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> uh juneteenth is a very interesting subject when it comes to steve king uh juneteenth of course is the celebration of the uh, abolition of slavery and uh he I don't know if yeah, we've ever he actually, found a definitive answer for why this happened, but yeah, continue. Oh yeah, yeah, he supported a. I think he introduced a bill when he's in the states. I believe Senate, so. Yeah, right? yeah, to have Juneteenth be like a state recognized holiday, which is interesting. Yeah, why him? <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> yeah, that reminds me. I was looking at other hosts on the um, was it Liberty News Radio Network or whatever. Yeah, and there was a. Uh, I hate to say this bluntly there's a one of the hosts was uh was, was like jesse lee williams or something who's a black man mm-hmm. who if you just look at his wikipedia page he's like been accused of anti-semitism and you know anti-black okay. racism and stuff so it's like one of those you know i wonder if it had something to do with our you know it's like i'm not racist because there are black people who we like tokenize <laughs> and stuff yeah, like that yeah. or you know like yeah. i can I have black friends kind of thing you know, i'm sure it's it's something to involvement in formulating that our radio station hired a black guy so like if he doesn't have a problem with it no one else should <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter like the content of his show he's like he's he's black so you know we're <laughs> yeah, not racist yeah. yeah you can't question him then so juneteenth um yeah steve king curiously introduced a bill to make juneteenth a, a state recognized holiday in iowa and uh here is you know interestingly 
when Juneteenth came up on the radio show, he didn't mention his own connection. So I, I don't I don't know. Now, you have Juneteenth, which I, apparently I was reading the news a couple of weeks ago. I guess you celebrate it by engaging in mass shootings or mass shootings in Chicago, Los Angeles, Milwaukee, Asheville, uh, North Carolina, San Diego, Akron and elsewhere. But they actually call it Juneteenth National Independence Day, which I guess was invented to compete directly with Independence Day. And you see. All right. So one, when you bring up Juneteenth, you have to start talking about black crime. <laughs> yeah, <asshole>. sure. <laughs> And then uh, they're trying to replace Independence Day with Juneteenth. That's that's the whole purpose. It's like, yeah. Well, that's how I celebrate Juneteenth this year. I went out and killed a few people. It's like, yeah. God, such a fucking. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't understand the 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 pushback against having another day. Some like real like race baiting, like Breitbart kind of like that section they have on like mm-hmm. black crime. Yeah, some really nasty stuff. Yeah, if you can't talk about anything relating to, you know, African-Americans without talking about guns and shit, like, you've got real problems. Yeah. Star Spangled Banner being now performed. Sorry. I was going to say, this doesn't really need to be said, but, like, the fact that Juneteenth is competing with Independence Day is fucking ridiculous, (laughs) too. I mean, it's like, they're talking about, like, independence for, like, people who were enslaved. Right. It's a specific... it's two different uh, independences. <laughs> yeah, it's not like there's just yeah, there's more than two across you know, the world. And, yeah. Right. Yeah, we can't commemorate more than one thing. We can't have more than one summer holiday. Yeah. <laughs> Alongside a black national anthem at major sporting events, that's not even touching the divides between white people themselves, a significant mon- a minority of whom have given themselves over to this culture of guilt and death <laughs> so you know what is the end game here should we prior he's talking about us i think yeah <laughs> we've given ourselves over death. to the cult of guilt and death uh <laughs> which means we uh, i don't know recognize uh other races of people as as equal to us or you know yeah. we're not <laughs> we like dead babies i guess too probably abortions mm. of that probably yeah, yeah. We're not in denial about the crimes of the white man. Prioritize <laughs> <laughs> yeah. at this late stage of degeneracy and decline, reforming a system, media, academia, etc., that hates what this country was was founded to be and works against us, or is it time to consider alternative alternatives? You know, it's just from, from as of me watching this country and this society and studying history and living a fair portion of it, by the way, um, I, I think that the, our country was about as unified and as well positioned on a constitutional, fiscally responsible and cultural core in the 50s, as which you mentioned along the way. So the 1950s, <laughs> the peak of American civilization um is he maybe overlooking anything there? Or, or what do you think? The 50s, the best decade. He's not making much. I don't think right now he's trying to go too hard on his I'm not a racist thing because he's in <laughs> like-minded company and he's kind of let his guard down. But yes, yeah, uh, doesn't really help that uh, <laughs> that argument much. <laughs> well, he w- he was alive then, right? In the 50s? So he knows. Yeah, so, he, so, yeah. Yeah, so he's yeah, firsthand right. like, like uh, yeah, studies. And I grew up in the 50s, oh, and, yeah. and I remember what that was like. You had fun with Dick and Jane. Mom would put a big old pot roast in the oven. We'd go off to church. It'd be done when we came back. We said, great. Fun with we Dick had and our, Jane is that our, book that uh, 
um, I mentioned on the podcast <clears throat> when we were talking about the book because it's right, yeah. criticized for its uh, racial insensitivity and like its uh, right. stereotypical yeah. views of like the traditional like, nuclear family, white family. Mm-hmm. And they tried to introduce, I think, a black family into it at one point because of the criticism even, or because mm-hmm. of the civil rights era. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And all that. So, yeah. the, the Dick and Jane fandom uh, revolted. They were... <laughs> yeah. It was the Gamergate of its time. Yeah, it's like one of the early examples of cancel culture. <laughs> and we did all of those, all of those things that were just ideal family. And I did the classroom, and I thought every other kid was growing up in a household like the one I grew up in, which was ideal. Um, we had great ideals then, and they were they were, came under attack when the baby boomers began to flex their muscles, coming through the second half of the '60s. And it's been downhill ever since from a from a moral and a structural standpoint. And, and, and as this happens, piece after piece after piece is taken away by a relentless assault on the American civilization, the American culture game. <laughs> uh, I love as that, like, Wagner-esque, like, Nazi music starts playing. <laughs> yeah, that's great, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so he, he says there, you know, I assumed every other child was living the same life as me and that life is ideal like any other alternatives are inferior to the family life i was growing up in do you ever stop and think that maybe like your experience is not the only acceptable one yeah it's such a <laughs> truly close-minded small-minded way of thinking and <clears throat> you would think after you know serving in congress being alive for like 70 years traveling around europe although he you know, was going to specific places to meet specific people in Europe. So, yeah, you know, it's unfortunate that there are people like that whose horizons aren't expanded or they become even more, I guess, closed off because they see like the other side of it and then become resistant to the yeah, yeah. Know, differences between them, I guess. The wool is pulled from my eyes and I start to see that maybe the world is not as ideal as I thought it was when I was a child and didn't know anything. And that's yeah. not just the result of my childhood ignorance. It's that the world is actively getting worse. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like it's not just a normal part of fucking like aging and growing up and realizing that like, you know, the world isn't this like ideal like place you think it is when you're like eight years old or something. Yeah. It's, yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh uh let me play a quick clip about the women's march well i'm actually gonna like mix and match here so you alerted me to a clip about um george soros and i'm gonna play oh yeah and then this is a subject that they revisited again so this is a clip from the november episode his first appearance on the political cesspool this one might have been the second well not that it matters but was it the first one? Am I, I started listening to him out of order, so not that anyone's yeah. probably going to go back and start listening to these episodes. I, no, I, I recommend I, against it, actually. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, this is from the, the first one. It is. Okay, okay. Sorry. That's part of what they want to do. They're, they fear Donald Trump, and they will try anything uh, to avoid having him step back into the White House. And I think we have to step up. We owe it to him, after all. I mean, this, here's, here's something that, that I think people don't know about, is that when he was elected in 2016, I believe the date was November 8th, um, but in any case, the following Sunday, the, the Occidental Mandarin Hotel in Washington, D.C. had been reserved by the high-powered Democrats. They came in on Sunday, checked in on Sunday afternoon, and uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and checked out at noon on Wednesday. The lead there was George Soros. But- the alarms start going off. <laughs> George Soros mentioned 
uh yeah obviously this is a a thing they like to hit repeatedly um it's a big anti-semitic conspiracy theory <laughs> it's like steve checked into the same hotel and he's like got a stethoscope against the wall or something he's trying to listen in on the <laughs> that sounds like george soros's voice <laughs> and i as a normal person know exactly what george soros sounds like <laughs> All the top people were there. They had planned to calculate how they were going to exploit Hillary's presidency. Of course, they had to change their plan in there. They plotted the resistance movement. They decided Donald Trump would not be allowed to govern this country, that they would time up every possible way. And I believe out of there, and this part I don't know for a fact, I believe out of there came the plan to impeach him because we heard right away on the floor of Congress and lame duck, we're going to impeach Donald Trump before he's ever even inaugurated into yeah. office. So that's women with pink hats, a million of them in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration, demonstrations in nearly every major there. city in the country. It was all it was all, I believe, orchestrated out of that hotel with George Soros calling some of the shots and some of the minions following through minions. Hmm. I want to hear I want to hear Steve King say the word pussy. Oh, do you? Uh, well, yeah. this is why I'm going to go back to the July episode, the most recent Steve King appearance on the political cesspool. Was he talking um, about pussy hats? <laughs> yeah, you heard him say women in pink hats. And, um, well, you know, let me delay gratification here. Let me play this clip, and then I'll play <laughs> the one where he okay. talks about the hats again. But I'm glad you said that. Then you had a million women in those silly pink hats. And I know they bought again. plane tickets. <laughs> I was there. Some I saw them. women in every- you and I both, and I mean, they were beating signs on our car and everything, and Marilyn told our driver, just step on the gas, and no, 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 I don't need this. Let's <laughs> wait a little. But anyway, uh, she didn't like those threats and scared her a bit, too. Um, but I talked to some of those women, and they, they had plane tickets bought for them, and I said, who paid your ticket? I don't know. They gave me a ticket. I flew here. Here I am. Wow. Uh, Soros. Um, Soros. <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't oh believe God. that story, by the way. Um <clears throat> So his his conspiracy is like, well, you played two clips, I guess, together right there. Yeah, yeah. But it seems like, I mean, it's such a ridiculous conspiracy. It's like, you know, as if like an opposition party is not going to like be opposed to the other party. Right. And <clears> there's like this closed group of like Demo- elite something. Democrats with Soros. And all of a sudden it's like millions of destitute women in pink hats, like on the streets, like all part of the same like grand conspiracy. To yeah. Sort of Trump. a... Sort of a migrant caravan of sorts. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he talks about that in his book as well. So we have talked about that before, the idea that there was this secret meeting that yeah, was, yeah. you know, the sinister foundation of the Women's March and the Russiagate movement and everything. Um, I also did like that clip for its mention of Marilyn. Uh, she is a recurring character, That's Steve good, King's yeah. wife. Yeah, she's yeah, it's a, good to hear, hear about her again. Yeah, a very powerful woman. Uh, if you read his book, you know, she comes across as like much smarter and stronger than him. <laughs> All right. Here is the clip that we've been delaying. Silly pink hats. And I don't even use the name on the air. Sorry. <laughs> He's not saying pussy. <laughs> Man. That's where he draws the line, you know? He's <laughs> <laughs> on this neo-Nazi like radio show. You can't say, yeah. you can't say the word. <laughs> yeah. When you're on terrestrial radio, you know, you're being broadcast over the air. You can say the South should have won the Civil War. Uh, things were better <laughs> back when slavery was legal. Uh, Reconstruction was horrible. Uh, but you cannot say pussy. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, related to pussy, you can also talk about uh, genital mutilation and relate that to uh, trans people trying to, uh, you know, 
affirm themselves in everyday life. You can talk about that, but do not say pussy. That you is can talk about the, limits. the degenerate CV. You can't use uh, degenerate terms yourself or something like that. Must be <laughs> yeah. the rule. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Um, yeah, maybe we should skip back to some of these older episodes now because we've got uh, we've got good clips from there too. And I don't want to. I got one thing too that I didn't send you a timestamp for a clip about. But I thought it was kind of a funny story. So I'll tell that at some point if we have time. Okay. Yeah. Um, Let's see. I wanted to. I wanted to get this American Renaissance thing in here for sure. Um, oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, coming up next in the following hour, the the the, the next hour, as soon as uh, you're clear tonight, uh, Steve is uh, Peter Brimelo, the editor of Vidair, former editor oh, yeah. of Forbes, author of Alienation: Common Sense About America's Immigration Disaster. We have mentioned this guy a couple of times already on this yeah, episode, this Peter is, Brimelo. This is a guy who's Steve King. If I'm that's the right same guy, right? I think it was CPAC in 2012. He sat on a panel with him and he praised yeah, him about yeah. how he's read all his books and stuff. And then, and then a BuzzFeed reporter <laughs> afterwards like came up to him and questioned him about it. And he's like, oh, I'm not familiar with his work. <laughs> yeah. Like Peter denying Jesus three times. <laughs> yeah. uh, Peter Brimelow is, a, again, a pseudonym, right? Peter Brimelow is not. He's no, that's the not. founder, okay. but the it's the same I forget the guy's name or even what the pseudonym was, but the yeah. guy who interviewed him for that radio or the podcast. The guy who hosts which, the book club. Yeah. Yeah, book club. Yeah, which is the same like outlet. Mm-hmm. That was and Vider, okay. again, if you don't know, is a super anti-immigration uh, website. Yeah, named after Virginia Dare, who's supposedly like, what, like the first like white immigrant to America or some like some mythology around that or I don't know. Yeah, true, something but, like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, continuing. Uh, best-selling book uh, some years ago. Uh, you were the keynote speaker at Jared Taylor's American Renaissance Conference just last week. Uh, actually, as we sit here tonight, a week ago at this time, you were there. Now, both of these gentlemen, mm-hmm. are, both of these gentlemen are gentlemen <laughs> and scholars and friends of mine, longtime friends, in fact. Now, um, not very long ago, you would routinely see men like uh, Peter and Jared and even me on occasion on uh, featured on primetime cable news programming. Uh, but now, of course, the media has libeled and slandered um, people like that and like us as white supremacists and so on. And, and so that's that. And that's fine. I expect that out of our wholly dishonest and criminally corrupt media. It's dishonest criminally, and corrupt to say these guys are racist. <laughs> criminally corrupt. Yeah. Well, I'm proud to be another of the uh, corrupt criminals uh, <laughs> lining up to call you a white supremacist. Yeah. American Renaissance is a very openly white supremacist uh, publication. Too. Yeah, yeah. It's... If you Google uh, American Renaissance, the first thing that comes up is uh, from Wikipedia. American Renaissance is a white supremacist website and former monthly magazine publication founded and edited by Jared Taylor. Uh, so Wikipedia is another of the uh, corrupt criminal media organizations. Right, yeah. <laughs> so we have to go to Conservapedia. So. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, American Renaissance describing themselves. This is how they, they uh, portray it. News and commentary on interracial crime, race differences, white advocacy, uh, third world immigration, anti-white racism and white identity. Yeah, very uh, normal stuff there. Totally unfair to paint that as anything racist. Uh, <laughs> we're simply advocating for whites. <laughs> she never causes any trouble for anyone else you know uh, no 
Do you know anything about Jared Taylor specifically, other than his association with with this? Um, not off the top of my head. I've read about him before. Yeah, uh, but I'm sure it'd be nothing that would surprise either of us. <laughs> no, no. Uh, there's an anti defamation league article about him in American Renaissance that comes up early in the Google results. So sure, Southern po- Poverty Law Center. I think has plenty of stuff on them too. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know corrupt criminals just like us but what concerns me is that establishment conservative voices are allowing their enemies and ours to dictate the terms of whom they can associate with and speak to now at some point uh, I, i think public figures will have to be able to speak with such advocates without fear of what so-called journalists think about it. Now, I guess you agree with that because you were there last week. And what led you to make that decision to speak at American Renaissance? Well, I think that we need to lend voice to the the values and the principles that at least the ones that I voiced there. And I have, I've just now I've had this attitude for a long, long time. I've been a strong, strong advocate for freedom of speech. And when I see people's freedom of speech curtailed because the, the other people disagree with it, and then they organize to muzzle them. That does, that's not what made America. It's got to be a robust, some competitive freedom of speech. And so if I go in there, I gave a, was supposed to be, I think, a 30 minute speech and 15 minutes Q and A. And I got kind of carried away and didn't step down for an hour and 15 minutes. And I only saw Gary <laughs> look at his watch once. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway, I was having fun and they were paying attention. So, um, but, but I think the sport is this that, Give people a perspective. Tell them what you believe in. Let them sort out what they hear, come to their own conclusions, and then conduct themselves accordingly. Why should we fear speech? So he was very Two popular. things on. Yeah, yeah. Had a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> and I need to see if there's an audio recording of that because I would be very interested in listening to that. Yeah. I also, um, Steve King saying he's a champion of free speech is pretty <laughs> fucking funny because he's Liar. come out against, you know, like New York Times versus Sullivan, which is one of the like mm-hmm. most yeah, important yeah. like Supreme Court rulings, like for the First Amendment, for like the freedom of the press. He's uh, what else do you do? Uh, Was that in his book? Advocate. I, I remember yeah, talking I think about so. that. Yeah, yeah. I, to, I, yeah, I know I brought it up at one point and he is uh, advocated specifically for like censoring journalists, I think. And I can't remember. You know, like basically like fact checking them and, you know, putting like some, you know, right wing bias on it to like shut them up. So it's, you know, it's basically free speech for me, not for the kind of thing. Yeah. You know, of course. Whatever, but, mm-hmm. yeah. That's what it always is, really. Right. Yeah. It's so, it's so interesting just the way he responds to that question. Like, oh, I was there because of freedom of speech. No, nothing about what he said or what anyone else was saying or the ideas they were actually discussing. Just yeah, the, I didn't say a single word about yeah, <laughs> yeah, anything the, that was brought up. Just the idea that we are allowed to say it. <laughs> That's what's most important. I yeah. went there because I was allowed to, and it's very important that I was allowed to. And that's obviously like I miss a tell too, you know, it's like he knows like what the reaction is going to be. So he immediately goes in his mind to the defense. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's yeah. legal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go to jail for being at American Renaissance. All right, just a couple more, I think, because we, we've been talking about this for a while, and I don't want I don't want everyone to have to hear every second of this stuff. But uh, this is a very funny clip. But when John Boehner handed the speaker's gavel to Nancy Pelosi in January of 2007, first time that a woman had been Speaker of the House, that was part of it. He stood up there on that rostrum and handed her that that big gavel, and he leaned over and kissed her on the cheek right by the microphone. 
And I will tell you, that sound is in my ear today, in my mind's ear. <laughs> and once it's been heard, it cannot be unheard. My mind's ear? <laughs> in my mind's ear. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like something I would say, but I don't know if people say that, really. As opposed I it to my was... mind's eye, but you know. Right, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> that makes that clip even funnier. That's a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He, uh, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of nice things to say about John Boehner. I love the idea of Steve King just, like, like every day he just hears this nasty kissing sound in, like, his in his mind. He's like, ah, He just never can get out of his head. It's like it's eternal <laughs> torment. He hasn't stopped thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, this, <laughs> this clip I'm going to play here precedes a discussion of the Supreme Court, who, of course, have recently released several decisions like uh super favorable to the far right um you know shutting down uh student loan forgiveness uh sort of killing affirmative action in college admissions uh you know i mean they're still riding high off the dobbs decision i was about to oh, yeah. probably pass a much more restrictive abortion law um there, there was another big one during this session uh, yeah. Um, oh, the gay thing. Businesses don't have to uh, serve. Oh yeah, gay and it was based on a completely like bullshit story too. <laughs> right, that was wild. Uh, yeah. yeah, a fake like the <laughs> the, the person existed. Made up a story. And they found him. <laughs> yeah, and, like a reporter found him. He's like, I've never like made that like request. I, he wasn't ever. even gay. Yeah. Right. Right. He was, yeah. He's like, I'm married to a woman. Like we have like children together. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. a landmark Supreme Court decision came down based off a completely made up story, uh, and and it was favorable to people like Steve who are very anti, uh, you know, gay equality. Uh, but this is how he views our our current environment. What I see is that the left doesn't seem to want to um, take on policies that will gain them uh, the, the, the support of the American voters. I think they own the system to the point they don't need to. The left owns the system to the point where they don't have to appeal to the common voter. Yeah, I mean, that's wild. It's like, usually you hear that, like, it's the culture. They own the culture. You can make sure, a more compelling sure. argument with yeah. that, with all the, you know, woke media and blah, 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 blah. Right. But like, yeah, right. we can get into, like, politics. That's ridiculous. Right. And I mean, they've been doing their best to claw away any sort of like cultural supremacy of, of the left uh, the past couple of years, for sure. Uh, yeah. They made a lot of headway with the, the anti-trans stuff, anti-woke in general. You know, I mean, even the fact that they say woke on TV now is a huge victory. Yeah, so for them. like, <laughs> yeah, I use that word like, you know, semi-ironically because I hate how it's like, you know, been, obviously, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's embarrassing that that's even part of the common uh, discussion. Yeah, it's just absurd. Anyway, yeah, the the left owns the system. After, I mean, what fucking victories has the left seen? <laughs> yeah, even if you go back like several years, I mean, like it's it's just this very like old man mindset, like old like white conservative racist man. Yeah. mindset you know where like he thinks of stuff like gay marriage is still like i'm sure like mm -hmm. bothering him this day and then things like that where i mean we are maybe in kind of a strange period in the united states although what period hasn't been <laughs> um but 
you know, where Republicans are making this huge push where Trump was elected and they totally abandoned their like post Obama Romney you know, strategy to try to be more um, inclusive. And instead right. they went like hard. Right. Yeah. And so they've had to do this like really accelerationist, you know, like a uh, minority rule kind of thing. So maybe it's a bit of an anomaly. Um, I don't know. I kind of stretching yeah. there for Steve a little yeah. bit, but there is, yeah, there is a bit of projection maybe on Steve's part there. Um, but honestly, I think he's like stupid and delusional enough that he actually believes what he's saying. I don't think Steve yeah, um, lies very often in terms of no, like, I, uh, expressing himself. Yeah. And I, I think we talked about that during the book review stuff, right? Cause I, mm. I think I was, I was definitely thinking like before I listened to that audio book, well, I mean like when I first started writing about Steve King, I was, it's always hard to tell some of these, you know, a lot of these people, if they're true believers or kind of like grifters, just doing it for their own right. self-interest or if they're kind of somewhere in between. But I think I do think Steve King's a, just a small minded true believer kind of guy. Yeah. Like, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm skipping a few of these clips here. I'll just give, give you a quick rundown of like what I named the clips. So everyone knows what they're missing. Uh, Soros secretary of state, uh, the honorable cause, Katanji Forest. Now, that's an interesting one. You know, I'm not going to skip that one. I'm going to play it. <laughs> um, this is uh, the the most recently appointed Supreme Court justice. Yeah. They have, you know, she's she's a black woman. So, of course, these white Southern men, you know, what, what do you think they think of her? Uh, we could have certainly used Scalia to have survived a little bit longer. I'll tell you, if the Democrats ever get control again, if they ever get absolute power again, you're going to see they're going to stack the court with about 50 Katanji Brown Jacksons, and that's going to be all she wrote. And you'll be begging. We're Folks will be have begging. the Katanji Forest uh, re recreated <laughs> over here in America. Uh, you know, what, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, what the fuck does that mean? Is that actually the name of a forest? Uh, either way, no, it's extremely no. weird. <laughs> extremely weird. <laughs> I Googled it. I Googled Katanji Forest. As far as I can tell, it's not a real place. So he's just saying, like, you know, this black woman who's on the Supreme Court, she's going to make it the African jungle over here or something. Is that right? What yeah, me, yeah, it's like, yeah, that's, that's such casual racism. It's just like the way yeah. they're just like laughing about that. Yeah. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, you know, I had to get that one in there because it's just so. The next time Dems get egregious. Absolute power like they've had, you know, like <laughs> right. so often. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there was something about uh, Christopher Harris, who is, I guess, a friend of Steve's. He uh, is a black man who uh, runs some organization called Unhyphenated American. So uh, uh, interesting, considering how much Steve King likes to abuse hyphens. <laughs> right yeah but it, you know as someone who is uh, uh opposed to the label of african-american right, african-american yeah. we should all we're all americans i'm blind to things like that any further categorization um a clip about europe where steve talks about uh immigrants to europe another confederate flag clip and then uh something about you know what everywhere in our society you have to look at the quota of your hires and in the, in the, and even the commercials, there's an hour rule that half the commercials have to have a black in them. Well, so if you're going to sell chopsticks to the Chinese, do you need to have an African American on the commercial? <clears throat> this was from the uh, December 2022 uh, appearance. Yeah. Uh, word choice there. Uh, you have to have a black 
in yeah, um, a black. <laughs> using black as a, as a noun like that is, you know, kind of iffy. Like you, you come across a little hard there. <laughs> yeah, then following it right up with like a stereotype about like Chinese people. Right. I, actually, you know, I mean, is like, that even is that even true that there's like any sort of regulation about commercials that they have to have some racial diversity quota? No, <laughs> like it seems absurd, but I've I never heard that before. There's no fucking way that's true. Yeah, I mean, there may be like internal uh, sort of guidelines for the network. Corporations so like do that because it's smart, that. like yeah. advertising, right, because right. we're trying to sell to people who are not just like fucking white people like Steve right. King. Like, they want to, it's like good for black people exist, too, like, and they may yeah. want to purchase products. Yeah, <laughs> if you're not the the Dixie Republic you're probably <laughs> wanting to broaden your audience for yeah. your. Not, not all businesses margins. are whites only anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's an interesting one because, uh, you know, the discussion of affirmative action and then just a few months later, that was pretty much destroyed. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've got to that one. Yeah. All right, and now this is the last one I wanted to play. I wanted to make sure we ended on this one. This is how they ended the most recent Steve King appearance on the political cesspool. Um, these guys are radio professionals. They've been doing this for like 20 years. Happy Fourth of July. Thanks for coming back on uh, with us tonight, and we will talk to you again real soon. Mm. I hope we'll, we'll, Keep we'll, fighting the good faith. I mean, the, good fight. Fight. Okay. Okay. With, with, the, with the faith of our God, fathers. God, pre- bless the, God, <laughs> God bless the USA and Southern pride. Mm. Was that Steve last one there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, Jesus Christ. <laughs> God bless Southern pride. <laughs> you live in Iowa. We are not a Southern state. Not yet. Um, yeah, he really just, <clears throat> yeah, let it all, let it loose. Let loose <laughs> there for the... All that, all that stumbling over each other and just, like, fucking up all these, like, <laughs> common phrases. Like, these guys aren't even good at radio. Yeah, it's just like a cartoon. They're just all like, like rolling around like a ball like in the- <laughs> on top of all their other crimes they can't even handle ending a radio show <laughs> unlike us we're about to do the same so are you prepared to take it in for a landing uh, keep, keep fighting the uh, good faith G- gavin <laughs> yeah I should do a shout out to northern pride or something the bouncing <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out of the- yeah. So, uh, here the yankees are signing off uh <laughs> Just reiterating that reconstruction did not go far enough. Um, yeah, if you if you want further uh, discussions of Steve King and uh, the way he expresses himself and the things he believes, you know, Gavin and I did a pretty extensive series reviewing Steve's book, uh, Walking Through the Fire, a few months ago at patreon.com slash rockhardcaucus. And uh, you should also take a look at Gavin's uh, reporting from back when Steve was still in office. You can find that at the the Iowa Informer website, I think. Because yeah. is the website gotta make, working gotta make sure. right now? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, sort of. The homepage is blank again. I need to like flip the server <laughs> switch. And my website's so fucked up, but I'll update it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, what what was the, yeah, Steve King's White America. If you if you Google like Gavin Arntz and Steve King White America, you'll you'll see all of his reporting and uh yeah, you know, learn about what Steve was up to when he was in Congress and what led to his downfall. Yeah. I think it was more extensive than anyone else's uh coverage, but I'm thankful I'm no longer writing about him. <laughs> yeah, I Gavin was on the Steve King beat back then. 
Uh, anything else that uh, listeners should know about before we go? Um, I would not recommend actually listening to any of these political cesspool episodes, oh, but really quick, no. the uh, the December episode had, did have a funny story about Steve King going to the uh, Lincoln Memorial with Michelle Bachman with wire cutters. And uh, <laughs> when Obama had, you know, like fenced it off because of the government shutdown, and he's comparing that to January 6th. So it's, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Great story. I didn't, I didn't know that about... Uh, I didn't know that was something that he and Michelle Bachman did. That's apparently they didn't have to use wire cutters because they saw a gap in the fence or the you know barriers and just opened it up and then all these tourists flooded onto it and uh, you know he was saying you know that's all the J six people were doing too which I guess there's a little bit of truth to that probably <laughs> like it's just a, but then he was saying well yeah yeah Steve should be in prison for what he did that day yeah <laughs> domestic terrorist yeah whatever. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening, and uh, keep up your northern pride. Um, the right side won that war, and uh, we should continue on in, in that uh, tradition and uh, abolish slavery and all of its uh, descendant, um, you know, everything that came out of slavery or as a result of the abolition of slavery in order to keep keep these divisions going and... Uh, and the racial hierarchy abolish all of that you know it's not done the project is not complete and um it should be so keep it up i agree <laughs> john brown's body lies a molding in the grave john brown's body lies a molding in the grave john brown's body lies a molding in the grave, his soul goes marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. His soul goes marching Stars above in heaven now are looking kindly down. The stars above in heaven now are looking kindly down. The stars above in heaven now are looking kindly down on the grave of old John Brown. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Working folk are all remembering of the spot. America's working folk are all remembering of the spot. America's working folk are all remembering of the spot. It's the grave of old John Brown.
This is nuts.